you wake up and there's a game at 10, a game at one, a game at four and a game at seven. I mean, it's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, it's almost too much. Like my mum said to me yesterday, she was like, are you not all footballed out by now? And I was like, mm. I couldn't really give a confident answer because I feel like I am, but then it's still the World Cup, isn't it? This, this World Cup is starting to feel a bit mental. There's some like really bizarre results coming through. And it feels like, I know people gave... Gareth Southgate a lot of stick on Friday night for England's draw against the USA, but it's a result that means we're comfortably into, I say we, England are comfortably into the next round, you know, barring a miracle which would involve Wales beating England by four or five, I think it is. When you look at how Germany and Argentina have struggled, France and England are actually looking like the only two competent teams in the tournament at the moment. Yeah, and Brazil. But no, it's good. It was billed, wasn't it, as this is really open tournament and so far it's delivering. So that's what you want. My favourite piece of football news over the weekend was that Leo Messi is going to go to Miami, which means, <laughs> which means from June he's going to be managed by... Phil Neville, which is just something. Imagine if someone had told you that like 15 years ago. One day, Phil Neville is going to be yeah. Messi's manager. I saw I saw someone tweet that it would, it would be it's it's going to be a hate crime, which is definitely not the right word, but it, it is something. There is there, I feel like there is something illegal going on there if he's playing under Phil Neville. It's like. <laughs> It's like if it was like 1994 and someone told you that Carlton Palmer was going to manage Diego Maradona or something like that. It's, what, how is this a thing? It's so good. Anyway, we had decided to go on hiatus for the winter and we are still going to go on hiatus for the winter. Ooh. But when we were talking over the weekend, chatting on WhatsApp, we decided that actually if we don't do the podcast and we have to do actual work. So we thought, well, why don't we yeah. just carry on doing the podcast and it gives us an excuse to actually just spend Monday not doing any work so that's quite good isn't it exactly exactly also such has been the just ridiculousness of 2022 as a golf year we thought it was going to be a quiet weekend in the world of golf didn't we but oh we were wrong it's never ever a quiet weekend in the world of golf let's talk about it on the other side of the music Right, let's start with Lynn Grant, who really has been the one to watch on certainly on the LET this year, maybe across, you know, she's certainly a top five player to have kept an eye on this year across all tours. An absolutely phenomenal year. She had that wonderful victory in the mixed event in June. And I'm sure everyone listening to this read Hannah Holden's excellent piece about that back in June and if you didn't punch Lynn Grant National Club golfer into Google and you'll find it it's definitely worth a read but what a victory for this woman she's just absolutely phenomenal LPGA next well this is sort of the the issue with the LPGA is because um and I mean I'll start off by saying yeah what a phenomenal year like so she had four victories obviously that standout win in the mixed event first ever woman to win on the DP World Tour let rookie of the year she's also going to win let player of the year which they haven't announced yet she's obviously top the order of merit won the race to costa solar absolutely incredible 23 years old but the, the issue with lynn grant moving forward is of course this the lpga is next for her and of course you'd say well how's she going to fare in the majors next year but she had that big problem didn't she at the season finale in the lpga and that she's not vaccinated yet against covid so they actually wouldn't let her go over and play in that and this was only last week and she said she's not going to change her stance on that 
similar sort of situation to what we have with Novak Djokovic, I guess, in the tennis. So she actually can't go over and play in those at the minute now, unless they relax the rules or unless she opts to, to get vaccinated. We're in this really weird spot in that we've got arguably the best European women's golfer at the minute. And well, the stats don't lie. The LET's best golfer at the minute. And she can't go over and, and battle it out with the big guns in America, which is sort of it's this weird one, isn't it? Because we're like we, we are celebrating her amazing accomplishments this year. and We want to look ahead to how she can fare next year. But it seems like we might be robbed of that in a minute. So it's a strange one for Lynn Grant, really. So we'll see how that sort of develops, I guess, over the next year. I mean, such as the state of affairs at the minute, they could all change, couldn't it? It's a funny one, isn't it? Because while I firmly believe that you should get vaccinated against COVID, I also am absolutely behind people's right. As, as long as they've got proper reasons for not doing it, rather than they're just reading the the silliness that's out there. The, the Novak Djokovic thing that you brought up, that was sort of in a... That was bringing Djokovic into a small community of tennis players at a tournament in a, into a country that was still really struggling with COVID at the time. It sort of feels like we've moved on a little bit from that. If an unvaccinated person wanted to go to America on holiday, what are the rules on that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you still do. And I think that's that's part of the reason. It's, it's just travel restrictions as a whole rather than like it being a sporting thing. And I remember reading that it was... Well, cut that bit out then. <laughs> Yeah, but I remember reading it was it was a similar thing. She was sort of saying, you know, this is my stance and I want people to respect my decision, which, as you sort of alluded to at the beginning, you know, it's fair enough. But then we're now in this strange spot, aren't we, that she knows the rules and we all want her to go and we all want her to go and compete on the LPGA and see how she fares against the, the, the top, the top women there. So it's another one. But I mean, I'm sure it will get sorted out. And she's only 23 years old, which is insane. So she's going to get plenty of opportunities, I'm sure. And Another thing as well, how good is this? I mean, already we're the Solheim Cup champions, aren't we, Europe? And we're going into next year, we're arguably an even stronger team now because you've had the emergence of Lynn Grant, you've had the emergence of Myers Stark. Um, so our team's only going to get better, which is scary for really because Europe were already amazing at the last Solheim Cup. Um, so that's really promising. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a big year ahead for them. What do you think of this? Because we had the news last week about the Solheim Cup and how they're changing the qualification process for so that the so the for people that don't know, the Solheim Cup and the Ryder Cup are going to be played in back-to-back weeks in 23. Yeah. And then the, and then the Solheim Cup, because we had that missed year of the Ryder Cup for COVID, the Solheim Cup is then going to revert back to even-numbered years, which is where it started. And the Ryder Cup is going to revert back to odd-numbered years, which is where it started. Where it started, in, yeah. In 27. So, 1927, that is. We've got this tiny gap between the two Solheim Cups which might make it interesting I actually quite like that we're going to I mean the 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 Solheim Cup and the Ryder Cup in 21 were played I think three weeks apart wasn't it maybe maybe, yeah one was at the beginning the Solheim was the beginning of September the Ryder was the end of September now they're going back-to-back weeks I think that's going to be great there's there's a little part of me that actually wishes that they kept it like that because it would be absolutely brilliant to have the Solheim Cup so you've got all that and then that finishes, you're on a massive high and then you're like, right, now we're going to the Ryder Cup. I mean, there was even talk. I can't remember if we talked about it on this podcast or if we if it was just office talk. But I've definitely had a conversation with someone, probably you, about the possibility of doing a Solheim Cup Ryder Cup combination where they just play both tournaments at the same course over the course of four or five days or, or whatever. It sort of almost feels like a shame to put it back to a year apart between them. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not keen on them like combining it. I think they should be separate. I see where you sort of get with that. But I, I, re- I do really like that they're sort of back to back and that you like you say, you just come off, come off all that momentum. Like I've sort of said in the past, how I'm not 
I never really get up for the Ryder Cup. Like I'm a bit of a bit of a Debbie Downer when it comes to Team Europe, to be honest. But I feel like having them like that, it just for someone like me who's obviously loves golf anyway, but it probably gets me a little bit more hyped. And especially if you if I can't remember what's first, so I'm's first, isn't it? But if you come off the back of that with like a win and there's been like all this all this great energy and then you're straight into the rider, I think it is really good. Like I say, I don't really, I'm not really keen on them being combined. I mean, the obvious one is to is to eventually create its own event, isn't it? You know, not to not to combine them or anything, but have, you know, we spoke about it with the President's Cup, didn't we? But they really need to have like a mixed team event, I think, in its own right, completely separate from those two. And that would just be amazing. Like, especially if you look at sort of, well, it would it would definitely it would definitely uh it would definitely help our team. I mean, I know we're going into Rome as as under, underdogs, aren't we? Whereas the Solheim Cup team are going in as uh as favourites. So I think if you combine the two, you'd actually get a really good matchup, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think that it sort of feels like every single conversation about the Ryder Cup and the Solheim Cup leads back to a mixed team event yeah. again. I will just reiterate again for anyone that didn't hear it before, we are absolutely not saying that we should change the Ryder Cup or the Solheim Cup or the President's Cup. We are saying we need a separate mixed team event which is lpga and pga tour uh europe versus or what did we say i think we said usa versus the rest of the world didn't we we did yeah but i mean there's, you could, there's loads of possibilities you could do that was a, a fun tangent for a few moments there but let's get back to the weekend's winners so lynn grant well done hopefully she can go and play on the they can get it sorted yeah so she can exactly. go and play on the lpga tour soon now bit of a fairy tale on the dp world tour at the joburg open wasn't there oh it was incredible like i couldn't believe what i was seeing i mean and then we had this absolutely incredible story with dan bradbury his third ever professional event missed out on a on the dp world tour at q school didn't he by i think a single shot a few months ago didn't have a clue where he was playing he didn't know you know didn't know where he's playing receives an invite to go and play from the golf course to go and play at the joburg and he's only gone and won it. It's just insane. And he dominated the field. And I mean, now the repercussions for him winning that, he's gone from not knowing what he was doing, where he was playing, to now being in this unbelievable position. Yeah, so, um, what, so what does that get him in terms so he get, of card and major so he's exemptions? Get, yeah, so he's got two year now. He's got two year exemption into the DP World Tour, which I mean, for him is like the big life changing one, isn't it? Because he's gone from almost having, he's gone from not being on the tour at all probably assessing all these sort of mini tours, thinking, where can I go to suddenly winning? And now he's got two year exemption on the DP World Tour. And I mean, the big one, he gets to play in the Open next year because obviously the Joburg Open is one of the direct qualifiers for the Open, which I actually forgotten about. Um, It completely slipped my mind. I kept seeing people seeing say he's in the Open. I was like, is he? Look it up. I was like, wow, what a result for, for Dan. Like, incredible. I mean, he's still only 23 years old, so it's not like... I guess he is on the rise anyway, isn't he? It's not there's not as much like, you know, he was a, a journeyman and he didn't have a card. And now he's won and he's in, which would have been a great story is in itself. This is still equally as impressive, but he's definitely on the rise, isn't he? Because he I, I, from what I, you know, I read up, he was a he was a really good college player. He played, you know, his scholarship in the US, played there. And now he's come out of that system and he's sort of think, you know, assessing his options. The, the instinct was to go and get his card from Q school like so many of these guys that come out of college um he just fell short but now now it doesn't matter my guy's in two years in the open oh, amazing and and what, made, a... what well what what i thought the best part was was how cool he was afterwards he was just acting like this was his 20th win on like tour it was or something normal. Yeah. yeah it was, it I was win incredible DP World tour every, every week mate <laughs> get me in the Ryder cup team there was a really nice moment on social media where 
he had tweeted or maybe the DP World Tour had tweeted to say and it was a picture of him and his mum and then there was a picture of his dad back at home in Yorkshire because he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't make it over because he had to look after the dog for a few days that's quite sweet amazing yeah no so I mean like before the win I think he had I looked he had like six seven hundred followers on Twitter which says it already and now he's well now he's cemented his status on the DP what a guy so yeah that was a great fairy tale story in the end he had two great stories really especially with Lynn Grant winning as well um which is really healthy for the two tours so yeah good good golf all round I was uh I was gripped I had although I was stu- you should have seen me I, I was I was being so stupid so I was flicking between the world cup and the golf basically all day on Sunday but I kept I'd either put the That's golf what iPads on. are for well I know it was just but then I then you don't really you, oh, yeah, I didn't think, but then I'd put the football on and miss miss something great in the golf, like a birdie or well, I'd, I'd put the football on, turn back, and then Grant had made like three birdies and she was suddenly top of the leaderboard. So then kept that on for a bit, flicked over, I'd miss miss the goal in the football. It was just like you can't win really. But like you say, I reckon. I, don't know what... I reckon if you asked every single iPad owner the reason why they bought it, yeah, multi-sport I don't have an iPad. But I was on my laptop doing you know just doing various bits on there, and so. <sighs> I had a shocker, but you have had a yeah, shocker. sport sport took over in the end. It really did. Just before we get to Cam Smith and Australia and the Who? OW, and, <laughs> and the OWGR stuff, oh, I no. think we should just because we're we're talking about Yorkshire golfers and ridiculous achievements this weekend. I think we should probably just mention friend of NCG Nick Marsh, who the Fixby Pro, who over the weekend playing in the Quinta de Lago Lago. Quinta de Lago Pro-Am in Not this again, your pronunciations. <laughs> Carded a, a 59 with just about the most ridiculous back nine you could ever imagine. Now, I, d- I don't want to spoil it for the readers. I'm going to I'm gonna use this as the plug to send people over to nationalclubgolfer.com mm, to good. read about it. But uh, an absolutely stunning back nine, which cliche needs to be seen to be believed and oh, nick, nick nick talks us through the uh thankfully i know someone who knows nick quite well so i managed <laughs> to get some quotes off of him and he's uh he's he's taking us through the the back nine and just tells us how we reacted how we celebrated and it's it's a really good read but he describes it as a, a lifelong dream come true now something that you and i are never ever going to achieve never. so you've yeah, got to just hold even... your hands up and say absolutely unbelievable what do you even say about that it's just like it's just ridiculous, isn't it? It's just. Uh, I think my favorite. Again, I don't want to spoil it, but I think my favorite bit is the fact is that um, he they were walking up to eighteen, and that he said that they spent a few minutes before he even hit the putt because they were trying to work out if it was actually four fifty nine or that's not. Mental. And then it's like twenty foot putt as well, and he just cans it at the back of the hole. Incredible. That must anyway. help, though. I think he'd probably known. I mean, he's obviously a pro anyway, so he's he's calmer than me and you would be on the golf course but it probably helped didn't it not knowing his score because if you probably know oh I'm on for it here um might have got a bit nervous but yeah <laughs> stupid just stupid really isn't it I Absolutely fall apart ridiculous. I fall apart on the back nine if someone at the turn tells me that I'm like bettering my handicap so anyway Cam Smith anyway won the Australian PGA he Championship he went back for the first time in a few years and he's won it and he's happy now we don't need to necessarily go into that too much but the one thing that i kept spotting on social media over the weekend was these live bots who cut which is what i'm calling them i don't care if they're bots or what 
coming out and saying things like, oh, well, he's the real. I mean, we had this when when Rory went to world number one. Oh, what about Cam Smith? Yeah, what about Cam Smith? He, he wasn't world number one when he went to live and he's won one live tournament. That's not going to take him to world number one. And he's won one. Now he's won another uh, European uh, DP World Tour event, which doesn't really carry that many ranking points. I mean, what do these guys want? I mean, he's, he's obviously a phenomenal player and he's obviously in terms of if you take every single player in the world, male or female, he's definitely in the top three of those who have had, if you were, if you were nailing down the top three of who's had the best season on tour this year, Cam Smith is one of them. It's not enough to be world number one. Let's nip that nonsense in the bud. Well, yeah, I'm sort of a bit in the middle, really. Um, it comes back to that world rankings debate again, really, doesn't it? But you're right. It, even if he was getting ranking points, he still wouldn't be number one. So, you can shut that away, but he's won five times this year. Like, he's insane. He is. He's. I mean, I, I'm sort. I tend to work it as not who's the best, but I like to sort of spit it up a bit. And, you know, who's the best part? Who's the best driver? Blah blah blah. I mean, Rory certainly got the best long game in the world, and uh, Cam Smith's got the best short game, hasn't he? As simple as that, really. Um, and it's just <laughs> toss up between the two, like. And this is what just makes how it just makes the majors even more mouthwatering next year, doesn't it? I almost like that Cam Smith's gone now, and and then you've got him and Rory who are, who are just not going to compete against each other now until until the Masters. Like how incredible is that? Like that just makes it even better because you've got the two guys that either side of this this almost this rivalry have said you know he's the best, he's the best, he's the best, whatever. Well, we're going to see, aren't we, at the Masters and then and then at the PGA and then at the US Open. It just makes the majors so exciting now. Like I actually can't wait. Like I say, I'm 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 actually glad he's gone because it just makes it even better for when they do link up and when they do play. Like imagine if they get paired together in the Masters or something on like the Saturday or the Sunday. Then that will shut everyone up. Then we'll see, won't we? And it'll be it's just going to be the purest form of golf. Like and who is the best? Ah. I can't wait. Can it just be April already? Seriously. <laughs> Don't wish your life away, mate. I What's... think, yeah, I think for me, it's like we, we've always said that the majors, that our stance at NCG has always been the majors shouldn't get involved with the OWGR debate, the live golf debate. They should just have, they should stick to their qualification processes and their invitation processes. And if you're in, you're in, regardless of what tour you play on. I think, yeah, for me, the argument falls down because winning a live golf event. I mean, we, we had this debate last last week, week before, when the DP World Tour Championship, because it's a limited field with no cut, didn't have anywhere near as many ranking points as the RSM Classic, which just in terms of quality of the field was was so far behind. It was actually laughable. And yet it carried far more world ranking points. But for people to see that, and then go, oh, well, Cam Smith won a low ranking DP World Tour event and the Live Golf event, so he should be world number one. It's just, <laughs> I mean, you're just not very good at maths if you're making that argument. But I mean, let's take nothing away <laughs> from Cam Smith at all. He won in Maui. He won in, uh, he won the players, the players in Florida. He won at St. Andrews. He then went to Live Golf and he won Chicago. Chicago, it was Live yeah. Golf Chicago he won, and now he's gone home and won in Australia. I mean, you don't get a more eclectic mix of of wins oh, yeah. in in a season, do you, or in a, in a calendar year? Nah, it's pretty impressive. Um, it felt like he was always going to win in Australia, didn't he? He's come back to this this hero's welcome. He's doing the claret jug tour. He's teaching a hundred kids golf to try and break it. Did you see that? 
if he fell short though he's trying to break the world record for like the largest golf lesson or something um but they they did the math and he was just short apparently but he's come back to this hero's welcome he's got he's got fans in the gallery with mullets he's got fans in the gallery with t-shirts with his face sorry sorry sorry, like, sorry 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 you cannot you cannot you, every single week you take the mick out of the way i pronounce things and you've just said mullet mullet it's mullet. mullet carry on sorry wow he's made the mullet cool again hasn't he i think but it's fair to say that it was again. absolutely him that's done it. i see them all over the place now like teenagers just with these well shaved sideburns and then mullets is well they've always been in australia haven't they it's not that's yes. not a, that's never not went a out, never thing. went out of fashion in all, in no all. they've just they've been there ever since Arlock was shipped over a hundred years ago whatever it was like but yeah so he's come over and it's just like it was meant to be him winning um and in the end he won he won easily didn't he um end off to cap off what's been an amazing year um i say i'm just excited for next year now cam smith versus rory let's go let's go <laughs> that was so let's unconvincing no it was yeah uh, that would be that would be sweet if we could have them smith and rory going shot for shot down the stretch at the masters wouldn't they? and hopefully it's rory that comes out on top this time now yeah speaking about jewel actually oh look at look at that great minds think alike well, I think as sort of the host of the podcast, that should have been oh. my job to go into that. Oh, oh. So I feel like you were trying to steal my job there, which. Wait, felt... wait, wait. Are we are we not on equal playing field? Well, here? no. I think that I think that really in What's terms of the ten... in terms of the in terms of the podcast hierarchy, I think I'm the one who sort of introduces it and I I set the agenda for the podcast, and then you come in with your chat. And and I, I will decide when a topic is mm. over and we move on to the next thing. I'm absolutely keeping this in, by the way. This isn't going. So say, yeah, yeah, what, no, you got, I, so say what you got to say, get it out of your system, and then we'll move on. No, no there's, no, there's nothing to get out of my system. I think we maybe we should put this to the fans. We should put a poll out. Who's the real host? Let's see what they say. So if you're listening to this, tweet us. It'll back be- me. It'll be three votes and it'll be your mum. It'll dad, be all the live bots will be on my side. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> they'll, they'll take a break from tweeting that Cam Smith should be world number one. To, the to Cooper family me. and the live bots are definitely on your side. Right. Let's. So, yeah, okay, so what we were trying that. to do there, what we were trying to do was to segue over to Rory McIlroy. He's done another one of his epic interviews with uh, Paul Kimmage at the Irish Independent. The first part is out at the time of recording. The first part is out and it's genuinely I, I it's a very, very long read. I was I managed to get about half of it done this morning. There's some absolutely wonderful insight. I mean, I, he he spoke relatively at length before about. The fallout from the Open Championship, like what he did that night, the Sunday night after losing to Cam Smith and Cam Young, let's not forget that he actually finished third. Mm. after failing to get the claret jug the one he was so desperate to get we've obviously heard all the stories of him collapsing into erica's arms and bawling his eyes out and things like that but he does go into some lovely detail about that so i I would highly recommend you once you've got some time to go over and read it it costs a euro so we should probably put that out there but good but good quality journalism costs money so let's absolutely oh it cost you a euro did it it didn't cost me a euro because you sent it to me ridiculous i should absolutely be encouraging people to pay for the good journalism that is is out there that's not the headline the headline from the piece or certainly from the first part is that rory and tiger had covid there's a 
in the run up to the Open, there's a wonderful quote from Rory McIlroy that says, I won't say the word, effing hell, I've given Tiger COVID. <laughs> it was just, I mean, when you saw that headline springing out at you, I mean, you click on that and you read it, don't you? And it was, it's it's a it's a hilarious tale, to be fair, even though both of them were ill. It's like the one guy you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to give COVID to, isn't it? If you're a golfer, <laughs> like everyone's hero. It's, um, it's Tiger's last Open Championship, yeah. probably. Certainly his last Open Championship at St. Andrews. And I potentially just knocked him out of it by making him sick. <laughs> yeah. And so I just, mean, take, just, go... just, just take us through the story. What happened? Well, he doesn't go into too much detail about how it affected Tiger. So maybe there'll, there'll be sort of a, a, a second part to that when Tiger fesses up what happened. But they played at Adair Manor together, didn't they? In the JP Manor's Pro-Am, which... I, in my head, I thought it was a few weeks before the opening. It was only one week before, so yeah, it really it was, was uh, it really was cutting it fine. But uh, so they played their final round. Obviously, it was a two-day event. Um, and this then is the, the JP McManus Pro Am. The JP McManus Pro Am. And then do you remember, like all the golfers, they were sort of touring a bunch of the courses, weren't they, to get ready for Lynx Golf? You had JT and uh, Spieth played somewhere, didn't they? They're all going around. Um, so they they went off the next day to play, and Rory said that they got a helicopter somewhere because you know. When you're a millionaire, you you can get helicopters to, to golf courses. You know, not stuck on the M25 like us. So they went to play somewhere, and Rory, Rory said, "If you sorry, sorry to interrupt, but if you hit the M25 between uh, Ballybunion and St Andrews, you've gone very, very wrong somewhere." <laughs> wrong. I was on. talking about my own episodes, but yeah, it was Ballybunion they went to play, wasn't it? And Rory said he was sort of get he sort of he wasn't quite feeling himself, wasn't he? He was getting sort of a bit shivery and a, and a, you know, a bit. I think he said sore and stiff, didn't he? Mm. Felt a bit weird goes to lie down turns out he's got covid who <laughs> texts tiger <laughs> and tiger i think said the same he's like oh i feel okay and then that night he had like shivers and chills and stuff which is when rory think oh my god this is horrendous i've given tiger woods covid um so they both get covid a week before the, before the open and for rory i mean like i say i'm interested to see how it affected tiger because obviously we know that you know tiger was struggling with his injury and he ended up missing the cut whether whether he had COVID bad as well, because Rory said that he didn't have his sense of uh, smell or a sense of taste for the whole Open, and that all he could smell was vinegar, which is not ideal, is it, when you're chasing the biggest major in history? Uh, and he said well, uh, the chat at the Champions Dinner he couldn't even couldn't even taste the red wine. So yeah, he said that that was quite interesting, wasn't it? He said that he was at the Champions Dinner and they gave him some wine, and he said, "Oh, I'll just have a little sip," and he said it tasted like. Well, did he say he says something like, oh, I had a lovely 2005 Bordeaux and it just tasted like <laughs> vinegar? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's been a strange one for me because I've had COVID a couple of times and neither neither time did I lose my sense of taste other than clothing, of course. It was, yeah, that was a bit strange. You haven't had COVID, have you? Have you nah, I'm alpha male, that's why. Apparently they're looking for people that have avoided COVID to do testing on. So maybe you should put yourself forward. Like I said. Alpha male genes, there yeah, they probably want to know. I'd probably like Tiger. I reckon Tiger didn't even feel it. A bit like myself, if I had got it, just brushed it off from one alpha to the next. Yeah, Tiger would have been all right, wouldn't he? If if you had alpha male genes, you'd be able to grow a beard. Whoa! So <laughs> that was uh, uncalled for. Right. So it's just popped up. Breaking news at the time oh, yeah? of recording. I mean, this won't be breaking news when people are listening to it later. It'll be a few hours old. But breaking news at the time of recording, we've got some Hero Cup teams. Ooh. So this is, of course, the 
uh, what we're calling it, the Sebi Trophy reboot yes, in January in Abu Dhabi. Continental Europe, led by playing captain Francesco Molinari. So he's got Thomas Detry, Rasmus Hoygaard, Adrian Moronk, Guido Migliosi, Alex Noren, Victor Perez, Thomas Peters, Sepp Stracker, and then the 12th player TBC. GB&I captain Tommy Fleetwood has got Tyrrell Hatton and Shane Lowry, Ooh, Ewan big. Ferguson, Rob McIntyre, Seamus Power, Callum Shinkwin, Jordan Smith, uh, Jordan Smith, Jordan Smith, <laughs> and Matt Wallace. That was a genuine slip of the tongue. And and again the 12th player TBC. Now Ooh. headlines quickly are Hatton and Lowry playing, which is huge. I mean they're pretty much guaranteed to be in the Ryder Cup team, so that's quite a surprise, isn't it? Uh, I mean certainly gives a lot of star power to to this tournament i mean i'm presuming they're going to be over there for this for the that middle east swing that starts off the calendar year anyway so it sort of makes sense for them to be playing but one big player missing is probably eddie pepperell isn't it we were expecting him to be in good to see that sepp stracker and seamus power are, are coming over for it as well yeah that's that, i that think the big one we, yeah that was the thing we mentioned wasn't it before when we when when fleetwood and molinari were announced as captains the one thing we said was Will Stracker and Power, you know, who are predominantly PGA Tour players, will they come over and show their Ryder Cup intent by playing in this? And they are. So it looks like your man well, Power the, um, is making a run for the Ryder. I'm pleased. I am pleased. Um, and Seb Stracker as well. That's uh, They were the two. I wasn't really sure. But, I mean, is there a PGA Tour event that week? I mean, there probably is, but it's probably quite low-key, isn't it? Have a little just, have a little. Let me just look Google. that after you while you... Is it January 12th to... It's that week, isn't it? January the 12th. Correct, yeah. Yeah. I don't so think it's, there is an event. It's the, it's the Sony Open. So it's the week after the Tournament of Champions. So it's the it's the one, it's the Hawaii event that everyone basically just goes home after the Tournament of Champions, don't they? Right. And then, so that's and good, then, yeah. and then all the And then all the PGA Tour sloggers head out to Hawaii for the Sony Open. As you, as you would. Sorry, carry on. But yeah, it's a good mix, isn't it? You've got a little bit of star power and you've got the guys that are almost going to be there to... I think definitely boost the other guys, you know, Lowry and Hatton, um, Fleetwood, Alex Noren in there as well. Um, Peters has obviously played in a Ryder Cup. So you've got this great mix of arguably guys who are already household names in the Ryder Cup. And then you've got all these sort of rising stars and fringe players. I mean, there's a lot we expected. We probably knew Moronk was going to get in. Migliosi, Perez, they've had great years, haven't they? McIntyre, Ferguson. I guess probably Jordan Smith, Callum Shinkwin were Matt Wallace are probably the three you maybe wouldn't have called, but it's great to see them in there, especially uh, Shinquin and Smith from an English perspective. No, I'm really looking forward to it now. I think I said the other week, didn't I, that I wasn't too fussed about it. Then I got more excited when uh, when Mollywood came into the frame, and, <laughs> and now I'm even more excited again. I mean, it doesn't take a lot to excite me to be fair in golf. Like, yeah, I, can, I can change pretty quickly. So this I am excited for, and it's, it's only just around the corner as well. I, again, I thought... Well, yeah, um, yeah, but I thought it was miles away. It's only January, January thirteenth. So uh, put that in your calendars, boys and girls. Yeah, we, we got some potentially really good matchups lined up. I mean, if you, you know, if someone like Peters, because they're doing a mix, aren't they? So it's going to be, um, we're going to have what one session of foursomes, one session of four balls, and one session of singles matches, um, with obviously all twenty players taking part. So we've potentially got some really good matchups there. I mean, if you look at if you get someone like Peters playing against like Lowry or whatever. Um, and even some of the young, you know, even probably more so if you get like a, you know, a Tyrrell Hatton against like a Migliosi or something, it could be really fun. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, Matt Wallace was incredibly close to making the 2018 Ryder Cup team, wasn't he? 
So who yeah. do we think that out of these players, who do we think are going to be at the Ryder Cup? So let's say Molinari, Fleetwood, Hatton, Lowry, probably Seamus Power, definitely, Thomas Peters, maybe. Well, got... they're not definites. They're 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 like outsiders, I think. Because we're gonna have what, six out he's gonna be six picks, aren't there? He might have to pick some of the stalls for, for his picks, mightn't he? Because like for example, at the minute, I mean I know he's probably gonna get him, but like Fitzpatrick isn't even in the standings at the minute, so he'd end up picking him. So you're probably going to have a mix from the off. I think um, it's safe to say that Fitzpatrick's going to qualify. Well, he's going to make it, but that's what I'm saying. But Let's not forget but like, that the, the qualification process hasn't been going for very long, has it? No. So uh, players like Fitzpatrick haven't really played a lot. Now, once they get into the full swing of their season, he'll certainly be in there. Um, but but it's interesting. It's interesting. Is it's, I, I, there's I, I, six guys that are, that are all going to play, aren't they? And then there's almost six more sports, aren't there? So... That the last Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits didn't. So I, I don't know if it was coming off the back of COVID and things were all just a bit up in the air. It just sort of felt like, and obviously I know it's easy to say in hindsight because we did get absolutely hammered, and by we I mean the Europeans. But it sort of felt like it was come even before the tournament. You just sort of felt like, oh, we we sort of feels like we're on for a hammering here. And it and it, and it sort of was coming, wasn't it? Like Europe have had the better of it for the last however many tournaments and uh, you just felt like at some point the USA had to just retaliate and, and absolutely thrush them which they did now look at I mean actually looking at these hero cup teams and you know the players that aren't going to be there like Fitzpatrick and McElroy and players you think are absolutely shoo-ins for the Ryder Cup next year are shoo-ins for the Ryder Cup next year it's actually quite exciting isn't it it is. And you know what else is exciting? Those two TBCs. I'm a bit intrigued yeah, who, what that's all about. I wonder if that's deliberate in terms of, because there's still a couple more tournaments to go before the end of the year, or if they've got some big name invites. Well, that's the thing. It's it's going to go one or the other, isn't it? It's either like, OK, it, it, it's probably more of a message to just the guys that didn't might have got in or not to be like, OK, you know, there's this space open. So, you know, keep keep alert although there's no there's no real events now is anyway until then but or or he's got some like big star lined up and he's going to bring him in last minute i mean we've already said before that rory's not probably not going to play fitz is not going to play um do you know how i thought might have been playing i'm a bit surprised about it's danny willett i thought he might have played um yeah but again we'll see because we've got t because he's another one who's he's he's sort of you know he's committed now to the pga tour hasn't he um but, you know, he had that great start to the season where he just where he should have won, shouldn't he, when he missed out to Max Homer. And now he's sort of back in the, the conversation again for a, for a Ryder Cup call up. Um, but having been over in the PGA Tour, you'd think, oh, OK, well, this might be a chance to then get back on the radar. Um, but I guess someone like Donald know, knows what Will is all about, doesn't he? Um, so it's more more for these young guys. Um, and I'm excited to see it, really. Some good, some good uh, exciting names on there. So before we go, first of all, plug for the other two podcasts in the NCG podcast family from the clubhouse, which is Tom Irwin and Steve Carroll talking about everything to do with grassroots. And the other one is Hannah Holden and Jack Backhouse, who talk about gear and instruction and generally helping you improve your game. I have had at least two messages from people saying, you plug this podcast, all the gear every single week, and I never see it on on my preferred podcast platform as is the cliche that podcast will be coming in january it hasn't started yet keep an eye out for it if you're excited about that 
Now, I'll tell you what I am excited about. This is the next four weekends of your life, George. Tiger Woods at the Hero World Challenge, Tiger Woods in the match, Tiger Woods at the PNC Christmas. Why are you putting Christmas like that at the end? Because it's, it's the fourth weekend out of the next four weekends. I was obviously going to do it. No, I thought, I and thought, then the I, follow, and then the following weekend after that is Tiger's birthday, so we can. All oh no, I thought that you were sneaking a fourth Tiger event there, and I was about to get really excited. But I mean, we're already getting <laughs> three Tiger events, which is yeah. I was like, what's the fourth? I've forgotten. Or there was break. There was secondary breaking news on this pod. I but. can I can confirm that Tiger Woods is not going to be playing certainly in a tour event on Christmas Day weekend. Oh, that'd be so better. It'd be better than that. the NFL games they put on Christmas Day. Give us more Tiger. But yeah, it's Tiger Mania. It's Tiger season kicking off next week. Oh yeah, I'm excited. I'm just intrigued to see what he's going to be like because obviously we we last saw him all the way at the Open, didn't we? Which seems donkey's years ago now. Donkey's years ago is a phrase I haven't heard for a long time. That's a, that's a an absolute classic coming back there. I bringing like it that. back, bringing it back. Maybe we should well, change so it to much has happened. years ago. It's quite good. So much has happened as well golf that it does seem like that long ago. But yeah, we obviously saw him there and he, you know, it was, to be honest, it was quite sad to see at times, wasn't it? Him at the Open. Um, I know he had that wonderful moment on the bridge, but scoring wise was terrible. You could see he clearly had the limp. So it's like, okay, well, we're, you know, and now COVID. the fact that he's playing and COVID, now the fact that he's playing three events in a row, it's going to be interesting to see A, from a playing point of view and B, from a, from a health point of view. So I don't think the match... It's 12 holes, isn't it? So it's him and McRoy. And they're in buggies. Jordan Spence they'll be in buggies. Yeah, they'll be in buggies. It's it's only 12 holes and it's just an, an exhibition. So I don't think that's going to be too much strain on him. He's probably played more strenuous rounds of golf just round his local. Uh, and then obviously okay. the PNC <laughs> playing with his son, which will just literally be Charlie carrying him around again like he did for the last two years. So... It's, no, I'm I'm really excited. I'm like the the whole golf world is absolutely buzzing. That it's it's a it's a different landscape when Tiger Woods is playing, and it just injects a bit of excitement into what is generally a really under the radar time of year for this sport. So yeah, really looking forward to it. Don't He's really have anything um... else to say about it, and I suspect. That even though we're supposed to be going on a hiatus for this podcast, we'll probably just be back next week to talk all about it. So why don't we just save it for then? Well, I was just about to say that going back to more news from last week, Tiger obviously won the, the PIP, didn't he? 15 million, for, which is basically the PGA Tours lucrative popularity contest. I think I keep calling it. But Tiger Woods is going to wrap up next year's PIP in three weeks. and like He's going to do it yeah. all. He's going to do all the traffic for 2023 PIP within... Just December give money now. Just gets uh, like it's just insane, isn't it? But like Twitter's, every, he's just going to go viral. Ah, oh, it's just going to social media is going to explode over the next month. Like it's just all going to be Tiger. Like Tiger stepped out of the car. Tiger is on the first I th- tee. I think it is worth not noting before I say goodbye that he does give all his PIP money to his foundation. So at least it's going to a, a good cause. And does he? Yeah, he texted me, told me. So. Oh yeah, them ones. Right, there's a World Brilliant. Cup match on, so I'll see you later. Yeah, let's get some football in.